3: Ann Douglas is the founding partner at Douglas Rodemacher LLC, where she specializes in estate and business succession planning. Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to Money Moves.
1: Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Tanya. It's a pleasure to be here.
3: Well it's a pleasure to have you on here and I'm really excited to dive into this topic because I feel like estate planning and understanding how we can plan for the future is a really important part of how our communities can really build wealth and understand and take a 360 view of what that means. So can we dive in and I'd love for you to address what is estate planning and when do we need to begin to think about it?
1: Well, Tanya, actually, estate planning, from my perspective, mm-hmm. is a little bit of a misnomer because it seems to imply that you have to have a big estate. You have right. to be rich to do it. But what it really is, is sitting down and constructing a plan, a uh, whether it consists of just a will or beneficiary mm-hmm. designations, how you own your uh, real estate, but having a plan so that if you become disabled, or when you pass, your assets go not only to who you want, but the way you want, and hopefully saving, you know, costs, court costs, taxes, whatever can be saved, but really to ensure that all of your belongings transfer, you know, the way you want it in a way that's also not only what you want, but in a way that's helpful and beneficial to your beneficiaries. That's one of the reasons we use trust, because trust gives protection to the beneficiaries from creditors and the like.
3: That is a great point, because Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, you started off by saying estate planning. That feels like I need to have multiple homes in different countries. But really, it's a grandiose term for saying, hey, let's take some time and plan out how we would like our assets to be Correct. provided or distributed through our family members, loved ones, et cetera. And again, it's Correct. just about foresight and planning. So what are the first steps that we take and when we're considering starting the process of estate planning, who do we turn to?
1: Well, first one thing, another thing about estate planning is mm-hmm. people often start it when they're, you know, 70, 80. I have clients 90 years old saying, I think it's time. I'm like, I think, you think it's time <laughs> you now? Think? now you're 90. But the time to start is when you're young. Okay. Really, when you start working, or when you um, have a child, okay. Or when you have any assets. And nowadays, young people are creating assets every second of the day.
3: Absolutely. On the internet,
1: those digital assets really could have value. Think about how you own things. Put the title. How, the title, whether there's a beneficiary, when you get your first job your um, 401k or life insurance through your employer, all of those things, that's how you're starting your plan.
3: There's a lot of different things at play here. And if I back out of it and I, you know, I know our audience is going to ask, is estate planning essentially creating a will? Is that the same thing? Or is a trust something different? Because now you've mentioned a lot of different players, but like, how do, is it okay if I just decide to get a will?
1: Well, yeah, it's okay if you just decide to get a will, because that will, will, you know, should determine how your assets will pass on your death. Okay. But that will, a cu- couple of things with just the will, one, that gives you no disability planning. So okay. if you become disabled, you have a stroke, you suffer from dementia, you go into a nursing home, whatever, there is no planning for you or for your loved ones during your disability. So that's one reason you need more than just a will. Mm -hmm. And a will guarantees that your estate goes through the court system. Ah. What probate is, is the process of authenticating a will. If a person has a will, it's called probate. If you don't have a will, it's called administration. But either way, you have to go through the court. But there are other plans like using revocable trust or irrevocable trust, where you don't have to go through the court process. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that's one of the things, especially since COVID, and uh, there's just the the, the courts have been shut down and now there's backlog and there's all kinds of problems. So one way to plan is instead of just doing a will, you take your assets and you put them in a revocable trust while you're alive you're the grantor of the trust, you're the trustee of the trust, and while you're alive, you're the beneficiary of the trust. Oh, that's a big difference. Those assets are already in the trust and then they can be administered privately by your death trustees. Oh, as they say, a will takes its life upon your death. But there are other vehicles that can start working for you during your lifetime. It gives you more order. You can have your kids involved in the process. They can know more so that upon your desk is more structure.
3: So you mentioned seeking counsel from a bunch of different people, from accountants to lawyers to this. Who is the first person that I go to when I want to just start a basic will?
1: So the, the the only people that can do you well are lawyers okay so i and again i i don't promote diy wills because they're very complex and people people do them i review them all the time people come to me they ask me to review their will and then after i do it has so many problems that they weren't even aware of because they didn't have the expertise they knew a little bit but not enough to really create an effective document so the first person you have to you see a lawyer to do your will Mm -hmm. but Oftentimes, the first person in that process will be your financial planner, your life insurance person, your CPA, even if you buy a home, your mortgage broker. These are all people that see your money and see you might need help. Those are the people that typically refer to the lawyer and say you need to get everything organized.
4: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. It's not gonna be easy, but it's gonna be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but
0: same old. Us. It's- oh.
3: Lori, we've seen a lot in the media with, you know, big celebrities who have passed on prematurely and have not left a will or proof of how they want things distributed amongst their family members. What happens to a person's estate if they don't have a will?
1: Your estate just goes by state law. Now, that's one thing about estate planning. It's state-specific. So wherever a person is domiciled, when they die, it's the law of that state that mm. governs what happens to their assets if there's no will or beneficiary designations, joint ownership, that kind of thing. And in most states, the dispositive scheme, if a person is single with no children, mm-hmm. it goes in equal shares to their parents. Okay. And that alone is contrary to what most single people wanna do. Right. Most single people, especially if they have siblings, Nieces and nephews, most single people want to leave their estates to their nieces and nephews and it never gets to them because right. your mom and dad and all your brothers, they, get, they cut them out. So it's, it goes by the state. And then not only do you not get to say how you want it to go to whom, but there are always additional costs. If you don't pick the fiduciary for your estate in a wow. will or in some plan and the court appoints someone, the court often requires a bond to be posted because they don't know if your brother who comes up to administer your estate is a crook or, or a good guy. So oh, the court wow. Says, wow.
3: The reality of it is, is like, you know, losing a loved one prematurely, or even if it's expected, is difficult for any family. But you know, once you throw in these nuances and the complications of dividing up an estate or assets, it is really hard for any family to weather. So. Pre-planning and understanding and making your wishes clear before you pass saves a lot of grief um, for a lot of family members in a really difficult time.
1: Yes. And when you say nuances, nuances is a very good term for messy. Yeah. I tried I mean, a lot of people, you know, we are a blended family. Lots of people have lots of children in and out of wedlock. And it's really quite one of the the messy situations you see regularly is a surviving spouse who is not the mother of the surviving children, and there Whoa. is often conflict. And if a person dies without a will, half your estate goes to your spouse, but the other half goes to your children in equal shares. So that means, you know, and who are all those children? Some people have quite a lot. It used to be. Back in the day if a if a if a man died and there had not been proof of paternity, well, there you go, you got away with it. But nowadays there is all all kind of DNA testing and you don't need the body. You mm-hmm. just need the other siblings or you just need the decedent's mother or brother or sister, now they can take the DNA test and they can just swab family members. So, Lori, so, this is just a,
3: mm-hmm. a very random question. So what happens if someone passes away and they don't have a will, but they have all these assets? Like, is it just then a state decision on how to distribute it?
1: Yep, so, yeah, basically what happens if you die without a will, the first, the, you know, first your family, if you have family, mm-hmm. they have to go to the court where you live in the county where you live and, and asked to be appointed a fiduciary. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain, certain order as to who has priority. So a person who's single, for example, with adult children, those adult children have priority to go and become the administrator of the estate. And then what happens is once someone is appointed, they have to administer the estate in accordance with state statute tells you you collect the assets, you have to pay the debts, you have to pay the debts in certain order, you have to do the final income tax returns, you have to pay any estate tax, all of those things. And then once you've marshaled the assets, paid all the decedent's debt, and that includes credit card debt and medical bills and all all kinds of debt, your debt doesn't die with you. So once all of those debts have been paid, then the estate would be distributed out in equal shares to the next of kin. Wow. If there is no next of kin, what actually happens is the money everything will eventually escheat to the state wow. if no family members come up to claim it. And if no family members in New York for example, if there are no family members closer than first cousin, the on both sides the public administrator—that is the the government agency that administers state for people who don't have family members to do it.
3: So, Lori, last question for you: How much should people expect to pay for estate planning?
1: Well, estate planning is gonna—the cost is really gonna vary depending mm-hmm. on you know where you are in the country. Obviously, everything costs more in New York to do anything than it costs in other places, but it's it's. It, The cost is not it's insignificant related to the value. I mean, it's 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 nominal because what what you're going to do is take care of yourself while you're living. If you become disabled, you're going to have documents for that, as well as really going to protect your family. Make sure that they're protected from creditors mm-hmm. in the future. Make sure that your estate's your bills can all be paid. Make sure that there are trust or that there's uh, the guardians for children. All of those things are going to be in that plan. And so even if it costs you a few thousand dollars, right. it is worth the, the money that is going to be saved in the administration of your state be much easier. It is always easier and more cost effective across the board, 100%.
3: You know, I really appreciate you coming here today and joining us because I know this is a topic that's obviously incredibly sensitive for many of us. We don't like to think about, you know, the tough times, the bad times, and especially grief topics can be incredibly painful. But, you know, I'm grateful to you for sharing this and opening up this conversation because It will really help many of us as we look towards planning for the future and estate planning and keeping our wealth in our families. So Lori, thank you so much for being here today. And can you please tell us, um, our money moves audience, where they can find you if they would like to follow up or ask more questions.
1: Sure. Well the best way to reach me is actually to email me right at the office. My email address is Lori L O R I mm-hmm. at D R Estate Council, D-R-E-S, T A T E, C O U N S E L dot com. We also are on LinkedIn and I think we have a firm Facebook page, but I am uh, often too busy to check my social media. So the best way <laughs> it is. I can imagine. My email.
3: Lori, thank you so much. I know we've only begun to scratch the surface on this, but don't worry, Money Mover friends. Lori and Douglas will be back with us later on to really give us a deeper dive in that advanced course on estate planning. Stay tuned tomorrow and every day this week for more from our expert. Can you give us some other outlying ideas on things that we should actually consider when we're creating our wills and estates? So you have to look at everything. And very special money versus moves. At this point, I believe she's starting to lose the capacity to make sound decisions about her life, health, and finances. What everyone wants in this lifetime is to be validated. They want to feel seen, heard, and understood. And a celebrity guest you won't want to miss. Drummer Boy, it is so great to have you here. Like
0: the trap was a location. This is what we call our trap. This is where we hustle, make our money. This is our form of exchange.
3: Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's brand new, season two.